Hey girl. Hey boo. I'm Diana. And I am Elvia, and we've been besties for over 15 years. That's right. And welcome to the Bestie Bestie Bone Bone Podcast, where we're going to be giving you guys all the tips and advice on the things we wish we would have learned when we were younger. From relationships, like living with your man, girl, I complain about it all the time. She sure does. Or talking about that single life and getting your flirt on. Ooh, honey, you trying to find that guy to make your corazón go beady beady bone bone? Yeah! <laughs> that's good. But that's not all. We also are going to be discussing so many other topics like career highs and lows. To wellness because we all need a little namaste. Ooh, yes, queen. And we're going to be joined by some of our expert amigas to cover all these topics and provide you guys with some practical tips to live your best life. We sure will, girl. Please join us and be part of our amigahood. You don't want to miss us being our best and most blondie selves because we're so blondie. <laughs> okay. Okay. Please don't forget to subscribe and we can't wait to hear from you. Bestie, bestie, boom, boom, podcast. <laughs> We're back. We are. <laughs> We're so excited. Today we have our first guest, who is Danielle from First Gen Money, and we are so excited. I'm especially excited to have a fellow Equatoriana join us yes. on the podcast. <laughs> that is, yeah, I'm snapping my fingers so you can hear me. Um, <laughs> so yeah, let's start this off. Danielle, if you can introduce yourself, tell us. Tell us about your background, what you currently do, and what led you into it. Yes, of course. I'm happy to. But first, thank you both so much for inviting me. I did not realize I was the first guest in season two, so I feel honored. Yay! Yay! (laughs) Um, So just a little intro in uh, who I am and what I do. So as you mentioned, my name is Danielle, and I'm the founder of First Gen Money which is a personal finance platform for Latinas. And I'm a content creator, so I make YouTube videos. I also share my experiences on Instagram. And I first started First Gen Money as a place to really just share everything that I was doing to um, pay off my debt. I had student loan debt when I graduated college in 2015, but really only started my journey in 2017 to like debt pay off. And so I finally finished paying off my debt in December of 2019. And, you know, along the way, I I wanted to share what I was doing towards this debt payoff. And so that's where like First Gen Money came from. And now this year I started the YouTube channel and I have a Slack community and just like a place where Latinas can really talk their money situations, ask each other questions, really just get to know that there are other Latinas like themselves who want to build their wealth. Woof, amazing. Wow, content creator. You know, it's sad that we don't say that enough, right? All of us who build content, but you're right. That's amazing. All the content that you build, girl, I know how much work that requires. <laughs> and like you should totally um, own that title. That's amazing. Yes. Danielle, I want to know, Growing up Latina, how did you learn about money? Did you learn a bit uh, about it at home? 
Like, do you recall the first time that you learned a money lesson or that money was talked about, um, especially as you started to pay off all of your debts? Yeah. So I think growing up, my family did talk openly about money. It was kind of like, it always like, what, who's, how are we going to get money to pay this next bill? It was that kind of money conversation. And growing up, I also witnessed my parents own different properties. At one time, my parents owned three properties. And, you know, my, my dad especially was very proud of that and saying, like, you need to build wealth by owning properties and all that stuff. But I think if I had to, like, think back to a memory, I, I don't know if I can pinpoint a specific, like, lesson that I was taught about money. But I do recall this one time when I was, I don't even know how, how old I was. I was definitely like under eight, but my uncle took me and my sister to a toy store and he was like, pick out any doll, any toy that you want and I'll buy it for you for Christmas. This is our Christmas gift. And so of course I'm looking around the store and I picked out an Elvis, I don't know, doll figure or whatever. And I was like, I want that. <laughs> And it was all the way at the top of the um, shelves. And so he had to ask somebody to come help him bring it down, all of this stuff. And then when my uncle looked at it, he was like, oh, of course you picked the most expensive doll. And I think that was the first time I was like, huh, okay. So it's not all free. You have to like pay for stuff. But I think, you know, I always, and I still got the doll, right? So I feel like I always had what I needed, what I wanted to at many times. And so there was never like a, we lack this in my household. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so interesting. In terms of, you know, the whole owning property, he actually does own a couple properties and rents them out and stuff like that. So that's very interesting. Yeah, I I mean, he did... (laughs) Just kidding. Yeah, no, he did own three properties at once. And then, you know, they had their financial issues and ended up losing both properties. So we just have our, they just have their main house now. But at some point, it was like a game for my dad. He was like, how many can I get? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that um, Latinos conversations at home often stem from like, how are we going to pay the bills? (laughs) Like, that is the money talk, right? Yeah, I I agree. And I feel like part of that, at least in my parents' situation, was that for a while they weren't working at companies that offered like 401ks or access to like different investments that they can do for their retirement. And so it was like, what, what do you do with your money? You spend it and, you know, sometimes people will save it in places where it's not going to, you know, help you build wealth over time. So mm-hmm. I think, you know that's probably why it's always like it's less about the like saving not because we don't know that we should do it like yes we know we need to save but it's harder to invest when people aren't given the opportunities in their employee employment to actually have access to those accounts Mm -hmm. so true so now that you're you know grown have learned a lot about money and finances What are some of the uh, money tips that you would give Latina millennials? Give us your top three. Yeah. I don't even know where to start. But (laughs) honestly, I 
I want to like focus these tips on like right now, right? Right now during a pandemic, during a recession where like there's high levels of unemployment, like what are some things that I think Latinas should really focus on? And I just recently did a video on this too on my YouTube channel. But the first thing I would say is like, learn to live with less, right? Like decrease your living expenses. I, I moved out of my Brooklyn apartment now two months ago, even before like my partner was laid off because I, we knew that something was happening with the economy. We knew it probably wasn't going to get better anytime soon. And we didn't want a expensive rent to be, you know, in our heads. So Mm -hmm. we were just like, nope, we're going to move out. And we don't have a high rent expense every month now. Mm -hmm. So definitely lower your living expenses the best that you can. Obviously, some people aren't in that situation to be able to say, okay, I'm going to leave my apartment and move in with parents. Mm -hmm. So do it the best way that you can. And if you haven't been impacted by the pandemic or, you know, been laid off or have, you know, if you have been unharmed, then I would still pretend like this might impact you. Right. Mm -hmm. So don't make any like major purchases or go into major debt right now and kind of keep the cash that you have on hand. You want to definitely keep as much cash as you can in your emergency fund and have that, like make it more than six months. If you can definitely try to get a hefty emergency fund because we don't know how, how long this is going to, ride out for right and we want to be prepared for a bit longer yeah Mm -hmm. any other tips yeah I mean I guess the one that's like not just during a pandemic would be track your money like that is my like one thing that I was like always doing when I was in my debt-free journey I was tracking every penny that came in and came out just because you form a habit of doing that and you realize some trends when you do that. You realize like, okay, I might be spending a lot more money if I'm going to CVS every week for one thing and end up leaving with, you know, a bag full of things. So you're able to see like what your values are and if you are spending within those values. So I think tracking your money is really important. Girl, that's LV and I in our target runs, right, LV? (laughs) (laughs) I've actually just started to do this like, the the act of like writing it down for me has been helping me just be more like not give myself shame because I don't want to come from that place but just more cognizant of like where my money money is going and it's like okay well next time maybe don't do that and you know learn from my habits and how I need to improve them so exactly yeah you don't want to like feel horrible or like make yourself feel guilty about something just like be able to understand why you're doing it Mm -hmm. I have one uh, uh, follow-up question regarding uh, tips around student loans you talked about them um, as part of your debt-free journey and you know recently we just uh, the administration just passed the CARES Act to extend um, the student loan program so that we're not paying interest or accumulating any interest or having to make any payments. What are your tips around that? Like, should, should a lot of us who have, you know, a substantial amount of student loans pay principal balances? Should we just put that money elsewhere where it can increase um, 
compound interest or like what are your some some tips around student loans? Yeah, I mean, I think it, it depends, right? So if you're somebody who lost your job and you are barely like able to make any payments or anything, I would just say like use this opportunity to like just make sure that everything that needs to be get paid is getting paid. If you're somebody that hasn't been impacted, then I would use this as an opportunity to throw the money that you were throwing into those loans and maybe a little bit more towards it right now because, you know, there is no interest in them. Um, But, you know, that's only if you have a full emergency fund. I do think that people should prioritize like having cash on hand. Yeah, for sure. All right. So we talked about tips for millennial women, which is a lot, which is us. Elvie and I are both that too. And, you know, women who probably have their own apartments and they have a maybe thriving career or recently laid off. What are some of the tips you would give to young Latinas who recently graduated and maybe are about to jump into careers? What do they need to set themselves up financially to be successful? Oh, yeah, this is a good one. I think just don't be afraid of asking questions. Like, it's okay if you don't know or understand something. I know when I first started my job, I didn't think to ask about the benefits, whether or not I had access to a 401k or, you know, if that was included in the package. So definitely, like, ask ask, ask. If you're getting an offer, read that offer, see what the benefits are, see if it is a competitive salary that you're getting. I know sometimes we are afraid of saying like, you know, pushing back on it because we're like, this is our first job. We should be thankful. But just a little reminder, Latinas make 54 cents to a white man's dollar. Like we really need to make sure that the money that we're getting is, you know, fair, right? So go on Glassdoor, go on Payscale. There's many websites out there that will tell you what the range is for that position that you're getting. And, you know, don't be shy. Like, ask the questions that you need to ask to to fully understand what you are signing. I think that's really important. I think for me, I, I wish I would have maybe um, done a little more negotiating in that first role. I was fortunate in that I paused when I got the offer and I was like, I'll let you know later. And then I I went on vacation and they were really trying to hire me. So they came back with a higher salary and I didn't have to do the negotiating because I probably would have taken it with what they were giving me. So don't be quick to be like, yes. Girl, this is why I started Miss Informed Latina because I should have been asking the questions. Instead, I was like, 401k? Yeah. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Totally. Um, so what would you say um, are some of the biggest miscon- misconceptions around money when it comes to uh, the being Latina and also with our with first gens that you want to break and, you know, end those misconceptions and barriers that we may have? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest barrier really is that we don't. Um, we don't know what we don't know. Right. So because we are the first to go to college or the first to have like a corporate job, we miss out on asking this like 401k question, right. We miss out on all that stuff. So I really want to just like tell all of the first gens and I think I was listening, like 
be curious, like educate yourself, like learn and read and listen to podcasts, like continue growing because there's a lot of stuff that we don't know is a possibility because we just haven't been exposed to that. So like we, we just need to get out there. We need a network and really put ourselves in the, in situations where we are getting uncomfortable so we can have access to opportunities that haven't, you know, historically been part of our community. Yes. Let me tell you, like, I, uh, I have always been one to be very, um, uncomfortable with just finances like it's a hard subject for me but I've been working really hard especially this year to just try to learn more get myself like learning things I wouldn't have usually tried to learn in the past um, just because I'm realizing like how important this is for my future and you know, potentially if I have children or even if my brother has children, I want to be able to help them and even my parents when when they mm-hmm. like retire. Exactly. Uh, yeah. And I want to be able to provide help and support just like they have been able to provide me with that help and support all my 33 years of life so right yeah and I think you know in the Latino community we we tend to joke about how we're our like parents retirement right and I (laughs) it's like it's we say it yeah we say Mm -hmm. it as a joke but it's like eh, it's kind of true you know And, and it's like how how can we prepare for something like that we need to prepare early so that we're not, you know, putting what we want aside in order to help our parents when they get to that age. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. I can totally relate to um, you don't know what you don't know. You know, especially being first gen, especially being Latina. And it's like, to me, that's the most disheartening part of school. I feel like it's hard to ask questions when you don't know the questions to ask Mm -hmm. around money. And I think school needs to do, and specifically higher ed, because you're really learning to be a thriving adult because you will leave school and go be a thriving adult. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that they just need to need to do a better job of like ensuring that they give us the proper tools and resources and path um, and understanding so that we know what questions to ask so that we know how to manage money, right? Yeah. Uh, And I say specifically in our culture because most of us are not going to get it at home, Mm -hmm. you know? And for no other reason than being first generation, immigrant families, they did the best with what they had. Um, But, you know, like we're just saying, we're going to be our retirement plan because a lot of our families probably just don't know. So I can totally relate to that. Um, All right, so let's get into some good money, um, money methods, and uh, planning uh, monthly money goals. So I know that you have a um, spending calendar method workbook. And I thought this would be a really great opportunity to sort of talk through that on how we go about like setting monthly goals, setting ourselves up for success on a monthly basis. You talked about tracking. What else does your workbook really help individuals um, get through when it comes to money management? Yeah. So I just this week launched my workbook that I've been working on all quarantine. And 
I'm really excited for like the world to see it because this is like what works for me. Right. I mentioned that I tracked every single dollar. Like that was like the first thing I did when I paid up, was trying to pay off my debt. And I, there were a lot of methods out there. Like there's the cash envelope budgeting system. There's the zero based budget, but none of that really works for me because I, I just didn't want to have like a strict, like here, this is how much goes to your groceries. Like I didn't want that. So the spending calendar, it really allows you to take into consideration like what your feelings are going into the month, what social events, what priorities you have for a specific month. So the first thing I ask people to do with the spending calendar is really to look ahead, right? And you're ideally going to do this at like the last week of the month before you're planning for. So if it's, if you're planning for September, you want to do this around like August uh, 28th or 29th. And you really want to look at September and say, okay, what bills do I have? Where are the bills? You know, is it the 14th, the 15th? Like, what are the dates? What events do I have? Do I have um, birthdays coming up? And you want to write those down on the calendar. And then after you jot all of those dates down, including your paydays, you want to go into mindset questions. And there's three core questions that I ask you to ask yourself because every month, you should be looking at ways to challenge your spending and your savings, right? Like how can you in this month, like where is one thing that you want to like say, I'm going to try to do it, do this. And so last month for me, it was my grocery and food budget. I wanted to stay under 250. So that was my challenge. Another thing I ask you to um, think about is where do you want to give? And it doesn't need to be financially. It could be in your, your time. You can give your time. So there's three core questions there. And then once you complete that, you go into like the calculation, right? So the math. And so it's just two numbers. You need to figure out your, like what your estimated earnings will be for that month and what you're going to be like, what are your necessities? So this includes like your housing, your utilities, plus your savings. Cause I do think it's important to include savings as like a necessity, as like a, a thing that you must do. I I believe in paying yourself first or else, you know, you're not, you're just not going to do it. So after you have those two numbers, you subtract them to get your spending money. And that is the money that you have to spend for that month. So you can spend it however you want and you can decide to, you know, maybe say, okay, I'm going to prioritize these two events and maybe not go to this one. Depending on what that spending money is, you decide what to do with it. Well, dang, girl! I was gonna <laughs> I say, what was your method at the end of the month? I was gonna ask you, what was what's your uh like the reason why you um included giving? In- I think I mean, yeah, I think it's really important for us to have an abundant mindset, and I think when we're able to say and not fear that we're not gonna have the money that we're giving or the time that we're giving. I think we just limit ourselves. Right. And Mm -hmm. if we say like, okay, I'm going to give my time, then you actually find out that you're being more productive and you're finding ways to be more productive. If you, I don't know, I just believe in giving. And I think it's important for us to incorporate that into our everyday life because at the end of the day, it's like money is energy and you want to not like hoard all of it for yourself. Mm -hmm. I like that a lot. 
I have never thought of I mean I've thought of like giving to charitable donate like those types of things but like actual money um but I've never thought of incorporating like giving time as part of that as well so yeah that's very interesting I've often heard that Latinos often have a line item, a giving or donation line item, because we take care of so many family members, because we're often giving to family wherever they're at um, in their uh, countries. And I, I always thought like Latinos do, and we're just givers, you know, we're, we're always helping somebody else out. And I always thought that we see a lot of Latina millennials have that line item because, because they give back to a lot of family. Yeah. I yeah I feel like that's the same way I feel like I've seen that in our in our culture and I also when I talk to like different people ask me questions of how do they like budget for maybe you know loaning money to family I say like always contribute to maybe like a family fund it doesn't need to be a lot it doesn't need to be like the majority of like where you're putting your savings but always have a little fund for those instances when somebody reaches out and it's it's really hard to tell somebody like don't loan any money like you can't just that's not going to be possible for everybody right Mm -hmm. but if you can loan an amount that isn't uncomfortable for you that isn't something that'll like really make you upset if you never see it again then Mm -hmm. I think it's healthier to do it that way so I always say plan ahead for situations like that yeah yeah that's great I really like that I I actually really believe in Anytime family or friends asks you for money, it should always be in your mind. It's a gift. And just think of it like, well, how much money are you willing to give? And don't ever look at it as a loan, you know, mm-hmm. because you will set yourself up for disappointment if you don't get that money back. And then it could potentially ruin the relationship you have with that family member or that friend. Yeah. So every time I've lended money to family, I always think of it as a gift. I never have thought of it as a loan. And I don't think anybody's paid me back. <laughs> and I have no remorse and I have no animosity. And I would never, ever call them out on it. Um, you know, because I always in my head knew, like, this is how much I can possibly give. And even if they're, like, asking it for as a loan, they can't pay me back. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Right. Yep. So... As we're wrapping things up here, what are some things you think we can do to begin building generational wealth? Yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. go ahead. I think, yeah, it it depends on like where, where you are, right? So if you have high interest debt, definitely start with that. I I say that is a priority right Mm -hmm. now. You have to pay off that high interest debt. Um, Once that is, you know, paid off or if you don't have high interest debt, then see what options are available, right? So like, what does your employer offer? Do you have access to, you know, a 401k, a 403b? If so, then contribute to that because that is like a good entry point. And if you don't have access to it, which, you know, I didn't for a while because I was at a startup and a lot of startups don't have 401ks when they're starting out. So if you don't have access to one, open a Roth IRA. Those are, you know, you can open one as long as you are making income. So I, I would start with like first your debt, then your um, like what you have available. So your 401k or a Roth IRA. And if you do have like 
low interest debt, like student loan debt tends to be, then I think you can both pay that off and invest at the same time. I don't think it needs to be like, you can only pay off debt and not do anything for the time being. So like I was paying off my debt, but at the same time, I was both investing in a Roth IRA and also a 401k when my employer started offering it. So I wasn't just like all about the student loans. I I did want to build wealth at the same time. Mm -hmm. Yes, girl. I feel like that's such a misconception. And at least I've battled that with my own partner because I have student loan debt. And I'm like, I want a Roth IRA. He's like, pay off your debt. And I'm like, why can't I do both? And he's like, because you're accumulating interest. I'm like, but I think I should have both. Yeah. Um, and now that I understand things better, I know that I can have both. Um, and I know how to properly allocate those dollars um, in investment versus in paying off, paying off debt. Yeah. But I think it's, it's good to know that. All right. Well, we are wrapping things up in our final questions. This has been so amazing, Danielle, filled with so much great information. (laughs) I am ready for that workbook, honey. But I have to tell you that $1,250, that's a challenge, girl, on groceries. (laughs) (laughs) I know. My Costco runs are like out of this world, for real. Like I just, this quarantine has got my grocery bill too high. Yeah. Yeah. I did not. I failed that challenge. I went <laughs> over by $68. So I'm right with you. Yeah. Um, all right. So um, as you know, Misinformed Latina began because I felt so misguided and misinformed when I graduated college. And it really, this is my way of saying, how can I better prepare young Latinas and young adults as they enter their adult life? Like, what would I tell my 20-year-old self knowing what I know now about life in general? So I pose the question to you, Danielle, knowing what you know now, inclusive of money, what would you tell your 20-year-old self? Oh, boy. <laughs> um, I So this might be actually, um, I don't know, controversial because I would tell myself to like chill out, to live a little. I think when I was 20, I was very like, I need to get an internship every semester. I need to do this and that. And I, you know, didn't fully enjoy a lot of the moments that could have been enjoyed more. (laughs) And, you know, I, so one of the things that I did when I was, I think, I guess I was 20 at this, at this time. Yeah. I, I studied abroad and I enjoyed myself the first two months, but then I enjoyed myself too much that I had to leave the study abroad program early (laughs) because I ran out of money. (laughs) Yes, it was bad. But so maybe like chill out in certain areas, but also like learn to to budget and and do your spending calendar then. Um, But then another thing I would say is like, stop with the limiting beliefs. I think I told myself, you know, I, I couldn't, you know, do this because of this. And I put myself out of the race before it, it had even started. So stop with the limiting beliefs really the the world is yours and try to do what you want to do and see see how it goes don't say no before you've even tried those are so great I mean I work with college students and I so many times I just want to be like can you relax a little bit (laughs) because you're just like 
a lot right now and they're like and by this day I have to do this and if I don't do that I'm like this is not gonna happen and I'm like Mm -hmm. chill out (laughs) it's gonna be okay let's do a breathing exercise right now (laughs) (laughs) but yeah okay so that is I think also when you're talking about limiting beliefs that's definitely something that everyone needs to be better about because we should not be limiting ourselves over anything. Girl, we're still working on that in our 30s, right, Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Every day. Sure. Every day. Yep. Yep. So our last question is, what is the best advice you've ever received from someone? So be it uh, a femtor, a tia, an abuela, an, a friend, a coach, um, really anyone, and that is something that you still live by today. Um, hmm. I think I would have to say my parents. They're both, and it, and it goes. It ties back to the whole limiting beliefs. I think, as I mentioned, I had a lot of them, and you know, I'm still obviously working on them. But a couple of years ago, I was sitting down with my parents, and I was looking at properties because I love looking at Zillow and Redfin. And I was looking at um, properties in the city where I was born and and grew up. And I was telling my parents like, oh, like, look at this beautiful like brownstone. And they're like, yeah, well, you're going to have one. And I was and I instantly like in disgust, I was like, like, I'll ever be able to afford a brownstone like this. And Mm -hmm. my parents both just like looked at me and they were like, are you serious? Like, we did not know. Why did you say that? Like, we did not raise you to think that you can't do something. They were like, there is a po- endless possibilities of what you're, you're able to afford and what you can have. And truthfully, like that is something that they've instilled in their life, right? Like my parents didn't really ha- like, they didn't have the opportunities that they have now that they're citizens when I was younger, but still they bought a first house. Ha- they bought their first house. And still they bought their second house. So like they did these things because they knew that they wanted to, because they believed that they could. And so they're always reminding me that like abundance is the way to go. And it is how we need to be thinking about things. Like we can't be stuck with saying to ourselves that you can't afford that. You can't have this. No, flip it. How can you afford that? How will you be able to purchase that? And so I think my parents have really instilled that mindset into me and I'm, I'm still trying to, you know, grapple with that, but I'm so grateful that I have them as an example of that because I'm just in awe of them. Yeah. Oh girl, that's amazing. Can I tell you that I have one too? It's a million dollar home in Los Angeles. And I still think like, I'm never going to have it. I also want to add that my parents, I, I feel the same way about mine. Actually, my dad just announced to the family, which I thought was so sweet that he just paid off the home. He's like, yeah, man, then you ultimo check in. I'm like, oh, I'm like, it's like the ultimate goal right, for a lot of our you know, immigrant parents. And I, I just am so stinking proud of my, of my parents for doing it. And they, you know, it's just housing is a, another beast, but you're right. It's, it's, living in a life, living a mentality of abundance. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, even when there is like abundance, I think my parents are always like, el dinero no es todo, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's not all about the money. You got to also like, 
you have to spend time with family, whether it's, you know, your the family you were born into or your chosen family, but money isn't everything. It's just a piece of it. I think um, you can be wealthy in, in the people that you surround yourself with. Yes, that's beautiful. And I love that so much. <laughs> what you just said. <laughs> All right, girl, well, we're wrapping this up. We want to thank you so, so much for your time, for your energy, for sharing this space with us, for all of your amazing tips and knowledge. Where can people find you and follow you? Um, anything else? I know we talked about your workbook. So if you want to t- tell the people where they can download that or purchase that. Yes. So I am on the internet all over the place. So I'm on YouTube, on Instagram as first gen money. So it's, I mean, literally as it sounds first gen money and my website is firstgenmoney.com where it'll, there'll be a shop there at the top tab where you can purchase the workbook. But um, yeah, I mean, I mostly live on IG and I have videos that go out every week on YouTube. If you want to be part of the community and just meet other Latinas, not just me, you can join our Slack group. Yes. Thank you so much, Danielle. This was amazing. Yes. Thank you. No, thank you both so much for having me. Thank you for kicking off season two. Yeah. Um, we don't get to meet too many Ecuadorians. I have a soft spot because Alvi is my best friend. And my second family. So. Girl, I don't get to meet a lot of Ecuadorians. <laughs> so I'm here I for know, you. Right? <laughs> I'll reach out, girl. I'll reach out. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this episode. Um, we hope you live your bestie, bestie, bone, bone lives. And until next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.